On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Jason Johannes. Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. With me as always, Jason. What's up? Hey, Brian. I am doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic because we might have a really cool interview coming up. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. As always, like with everybody else. <laughs> well, for, yes. Yes. Our interview today, our, our guest today is great, but also we've got another something in the works that will be spectacular if it happens yes for sure i'm waiting for you to say something about my hat yeah i'm, I'm avoiding <laughs> your your hat yeah so we're recording this on thursday uh september 29th brian is wearing a miami dolphins hat and the dolphins and the Bengals are getting ready to play in like 40 minutes for those who don't know i've been trying to follow an nfl team from since like 2016 and i'm very uh fair weather and football doesn't have enough games so if they're not someone's not winning i'm just like i'm out i've i think i figured out like i've followed like 12 or 13 different teams until the miami dolphins hat in north dakota it just doesn't I know. feel right yeah you know and they make stocking caps too so can you can you even get dolphin stuff where you live or do you have to like order online to no get i'd it? have to order online there was a place in the mall here called sports city i think that had like everything and then they after i think they were a pandemic victim and that wow. store closed but you could find every sport of every just about every team and jerseys and whatnot so yeah but well i'm gonna let it pass i'm gonna okay. wear the hat <laughs> i'm just I'm messing with you <laughs> just messing with you <laughs> the i wasn't hey the dolphins are three and oh the Bengals yeah. are one and two so the you dolphins know, it, on paper should win and if you know anything about their new coach, he's kind of a freak, and I kind of like that. So, <laughs> Mike McDonald, but he is he is a freak. But you know what? He's got the he's listen. The Dolphins haven't really been relevant since I was in high school right. in the Dan Marino days. So, I like that the Dolphins are good. I don't like them playing the Bengals when they're good. And I'll leave so, it at that. But yeah, well, one last note for the game. Watching the warmups, like they're doing the the 
white white and black stripes. The white, yeah. The, so again, Cincinnati, they're the Bengals. The zoo's known for the Bengal tigers. They have the special white and black. Okay. Is that where that comes from? And, yep. And they're wearing it tonight. So who day, Brian? Who day? Who day? Uh, what's going who day, who day going to be on the podcast tonight? Who, who day going to be on the podcast? You know, what's really cool about this podcast is sometimes stuff just materializes. Sometimes, you know, we have people reaching out, we have some stuff planned, and some just materialize, which was really cool about this one. And the good, and exactly right. The, the more that we know people and have them on the podcast or just, you know, through chats or anything else, the better opportunities we have. And tonight, we've had a great opportunity, or I should say, on the podcast that you're getting ready to listen to. It wasn't recorded tonight, but our buddy, Seth Miller, who's been on before, you might know him as the previous lead singer of the Black Crows tribute band, the Americans. He has another Black Crows uh, project going on. It's an all acoustic project, kind of focusing on a little bit of what the Brothers of a Feather tour was, but it is called, please help me get this right, Brothers from Another Mother of a Feather. That's right. Is that right? You got that right. You got. You that have to right. stop and think about that, Brian. Like you have to stop it's a, and focus. It's a mouthful. It, it is. is a mouthful. <laughs> but we love Seth. He is always entertaining to get on. We wanted to help him promote his new project, being a friend of ours. And what we thought was going to be a very short add-on to another episode, we just had a good conversation going with them, and it it became long enough to be its own thing. Yeah, it kept going and going. And afterwards, I messaged you and I'm like, dude, we could talk to Seth for like two hours. <laughs> it's just talk, great. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like any time's gone by. He's one of those guys. So we were happy to give a full episode to Seth talking about his new project and a bunch of other random music stuff. I kind of felt like we were kind of channeling the state of America in some ways because we talked mostly, well, pretty much the only thing. Well, no, we talked about some other stuff too, but mostly Black Crows. Black Crows. Listen. Yeah. You and I love the Black Crows. They were one of our favorite all-time bands. There's stuff like it's part of the blues and Southern rock community. So it's good to chat Crows. All right, you guys, uh, kick back, relax, and listen to our uh, conversation with Seth Miller from Brothers of Another Mother of a Feather. here at the guest segment of the podcast jason as you know is going to tell you guys all who we have with us today and the only reason you're making me other than i always announce the name is because you don't want to screw up this mouthful of <laughs> words brian that we're going to say but we have our returning friend uh, seth miller coming back on to chat with us we love seth but he's got a new black crows inspired venture it is brothers from another mother of a feather what's going on seth Nicely done, Jason. Thank you very much. <laughs> Listen, I'm, a, I'm a professional. This is how I make my living. Clearly, clearly. <laughs> no, no. Well, well played. Nicely done. Thank you. And thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. What's, how are you doing, Seth? Where are you at, man? You're in the Northeast, right? Boston? Yeah, Boston. Uh, but uh, but uh, that's that's home. But uh, this gig, our first gig that we're doing with this new thing is uh, is actually in uh, it's outside of Atlanta in coming Georgia. 
uh, a week from this coming uh, Saturday. That's October 8th. And uh, okay. very, very excited to be going back there. Um, I, uh, I had uh, played down there with the Morgans back in May of 21, you know, just a little over a year ago. Yep. And, um, you know, we had a really good experience there and uh, uh, it was great to get invited back with this, uh, this new thing. So looking forward to that. So how did this all come about, Seth? Uh, yeah, I'll tell you. So uh, basically, um, so I don't know if you, if anybody uh, who follows the podcast, that's Crows fan, if they're on Instagram, they might know of uh, this awesome account uh, named uh, Black Crows Guitar. Uh, which is this great, great gentleman named uh, Trent Johnson. Uh, and um, uh, when we, when Americans uh, had booked our gig down in Atlanta, we, uh, we, we like announced it and, uh, and, and Trent was like, oh, I'll see you there. I, I live in Atlanta. We didn't know where he lived at the time, <laughs> you know, and uh, it was like, oh, we're like, oh, that's great. And he, he came to the gig and uh, was uh, super uh, generous about like, he like, took a ton of video and like posted on his account and everything. And was just, you know, he had a great time. We wanted to sit in, but he was a little, uh, he was a little, you know, a little sheepish about it at the time. Uh, thankfully, he's gotten over that. But uh, long story short, uh, basically, um, you know, we so we met Trent and and, uh, and Mallory, his girlfriend, who's um, they're actually getting married. So uh, pretty soon. Congrats, Trent and Mallory. Yeah, totally. And um, or condolences. And- no, 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 definitely congrats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're keeping it positive here, Johannes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah, so basically, uh, you know, after um, after I, my departure from Workins, I wasn't in a tremendous hurry to like right away do something Black Crows related. I wanted there to kind of be a little bit of a, a gap there, and I've got some other music things going on. Uh, but then one day, and I want to say probably early June, Trent posted a new. Uh, clip on his Instagram and I don't remember exactly what song it was but it was really good and I was like oh man you know it's so good I was like I wonder you know I wonder if Trent would be into doing like a brothers of a feather thing you know and so uh, I messaged him I was like hey when you get five minutes like give me a buzz and we like played text tag for like two or three weeks and that took a while and then we finally connected and I was like hey man you know I, I got a pretty good relationship with that uh, with Rosati's you know uh, when I talked to the owner to let him know I was leaving him work and he said you know you want to come back anytime like with whatever project like give me a buzz um, and I was like you know do you think uh, what do you think about doing a brother for feather thing and he was like I was really hoping that you were going to ask me that when you called <laughs> and I was like all right so I guess we're into it and uh, yeah, so we kind of like sent some uh, lists of potential songs that we might do together back and forth. You know, we kind of like made dream set lists on both ends. And uh, there's obviously quite a lot of overlap. And uh, and then so, you know, now we're kind of like into the July time frame. And then he actually sent just kind of out of the blue, sent me a couple tracks, just sat down. He just sat down with his acoustic guitar, one take, no click, nothing, just played, um, you know, like nonfiction and Thorn in My Pride with a little uh, very delicious part of uh, Thorn's Progress at the beginning of it and stuff. And I was like, man, this sounds good. Like, it really sounds good. It was not immediately discernible to my ear that it wasn't Rich Robinson playing. You know, it was like... That's a pretty hefty uh, compliment. Yeah, I don't want to like... I don't, I, I, you know, I don't like to oversell anything, but it was just legitimately authentic. You know, it was just so good. And um, yeah, and so uh, I was like, okay, so uh, a little, a little more phone tag ensued with uh, with uh, Rosati's, and uh, lo and behold, we uh, we booked this gig, and um, and we probably could have done it just the two of us, but um, I thought you know it would be it would be great to have uh, you know maybe one more a multi instrumentalist uh, who could kind of round things out, play bass, another vocalist, 
um, Trent sings a little bit, but you know, he really wanted to focus on the guitar. And, um, and so I uh, enlisted my, uh, my good friend, Tom Appleman, who is a Berkeley professor in the bass department for like 20 years. Um, is an absolute in Berkeley is Berkeley College of Music Boston, yes. not Berkeley, California, not UC Berkeley, correct? Yeah, or yes. Berkeley, yeah, exactly. So, yes, no, Berkeley College of Music, and thank you, Jason. And, uh, yeah, and Thomas, hey, some of us are uneducated <laughs> animals like myself, Seth, you know, yeah, well, no, it's it, in Boston, we definitely, you know, you say Berkeley and people immediately know what you mean. <laughs> so, no, thanks for the, you know, yeah, thank you for the for, for clarifying it for the audience. So, uh, yeah, no, so Tom, uh, you know, Tom also plays keyboards and guitar and he's, he's really good singer. And uh, he's also a gigantic Rose fan. Um, and, uh, you know, been seen them from the very beginning, like like we have. And um, just, uh, you know, it all he was fortunately wasn't booked uh, that that date and uh, he jumped on board. So it's going to be a trio. Um, and I think it's going to be really fun, you know. Um, we're, we definitely, um, you know, took a while for us to kind of like nail down exactly all the songs. We're going to probably wind up doing somewhere between twenty and twenty-five songs. Wow. Um, yeah, it's going to. Yeah, we're just going to kind of power through a, you know, a, a good one, good long set for a couple hours, and um, I'm really looking forward to it. I miss singing those songs, and um, it's such a great venue down there at Rosati's. We had such a great experience there. They were just so good to us they really took good care of us and this will be a lot easier to mix <laughs> so <laughs> yeah um yeah really it's gonna be fun so so this is like a long distance thing like um have you been able to rehearse and if so how yeah good question brian so um so trent is uh you know he lives down there in atlanta tom and i are up here right. in boston so we've uh we've gotten together uh, tom and i've gotten i mean tom and i play together all the time anyway we're actually writing a bunch of original music together um and you know when we and i sit in with his uh, he has a wednesday night residency with this killer band called the great blue whale w-a-i-l plays at the green dragon every wednesday and uh Is he the I, guy who's always playing keys that you like send videos of or somebody else i think that's oh is uh you might i mean i i send uh, videos of many keyboard players because i'm <laughs> anybody who knows me knows that i'm like a total wannabe keyboard player i so wish i could play keyboards it's like i'm, I'm very regretful <laughs> that i wasn't like instructed you know with like pencils under my wrist and piano when i was like six years old i really wish that had happened but um uh sadly it did not um no so i don't think so i, I lucky Dolly is a guy that i often will uh send videos of he's this australian guy who like plays like whammy clavinet and b3 and he's an absolute beast and uh I think that's the guy I think yeah probably guy. yeah but and i think your audience would be way into that guy it's um l-a-c-h-y is his first name pronounced lucky uh d-o-l-e-y Dolly, and the australian uh blues rock guy and he is just i yeah i can't recommend that guy enough he is an absolute badass great original tunes great covers that whammy clav thing he's got going there is just ludicrous you know like ugh, amazing the bass player in that band is stupid oh my god unbelievable but um uh, no, so uh, so Tom, uh, no, to, uh, I do. I have posted uh, videos of Tom for sure. Um, I, you know, I, I, he does these Led Zeppelin tributes um, from time to time. They'll do like an album night. Um, before COVID, they were doing them like around once a month at this great place up here called the Lizard Lounge, and they kind of went in sequence. Um, like it was like Zeppelin one, then Zeppelin two, Zeppelin three, and I've definitely posted Tom playing that killer bass run in, in the Immigrant Song more than once because it's like it's still like a magic trick every time I see, I see him do it. It's amazing. Uh, but to answer your question, Brian, um, so uh, nobody, uh, we haven't actually gotten together in person, but uh, like, well, Trent will like sort of send a recording of you know he'll lay down. 
a track, you know, of the whole thing. And then Tom and I, you know, kind of play against that. Um, and we are actually going down a day early so we can rehearse the day okay. before. Yeah. So we'll definitely, yeah, it won't be like the first time we get on stage. I mean, we probably could do it to be honest. I mean, I think everybody's good enough to do it, but, um, it'll, you know, we'll definitely have a, uh, have a time. We're going to do like a zoom thing. I think a little later this week to just kind of do a quick rehearsal. Well, I mean, as well, again, you fronted a Black Crows tribute band for a long time, the American. So you're obviously familiar with the songs and the structure of them. It sounds like the rest of the crew is as well. So, I mean, the transition, I mean, to playing live together shouldn't be all that bad. No, I think it'll, I mean, you know, I mean, we, we don't have, to your point, you know, we don't have the benefit of having played together, um, you know, a bunch before, but everybody's, I mean, Tom is, Tom and I are both pretty used to doing that, but again, the material, everyone's just so committed to the material. I mean, Trent, Trent certainly has been since way before we ever met. Right. And, um, and Tom also is a huge, huge pros fan. So um, yeah, it's cool. I mean, I actually have had to do some shedding on this because there's a bunch of songs that um, uh, that, you know, stuff that like Trent and Tom wanted to do that weren't a Morgan songs, um, you know, in our repertoire, at least not yet, at least, you know, by the time I left the band. So, um, some, some fun stuff, like some little bit, some more laid back stuff. You're going to play Oh Josephine for me at some point. Come on. I, we are definitely going to play. I, I do not mind. You know, I don't like to, I never like to do the reveal. You know, I don't like to show the sausage made, but we, I promise you, we are going to play Oh Josephine. <laughs> and I can't wait to do it. And I actually did hire a videographer. So, um, you know, we'll get, uh, right on. we'll have some video for, from that. But, uh, but I, I definitely, anybody who's listening to this who's in the Atlanta area, I definitely want them to come down and, uh, and check it out live. Um, it would, it's going to be a really, really good time. So uh, you just mentioned, you know, don't want, you don't want to do the reveal. Um, but just like, will there be like some cover songs that Chris and Rich did? I mean, is that kind of too much of a reel if I just asked generally? Not specific uh, songs or no for, uh yeah i won't i won't say specifics but we are playing a couple covers yeah um okay, we cool. are, we're, we're playing like crows uh covers that the that are beloved by the pros faithful you know right so on. yeah and you sent us that sizzle reel or whatever which was really great had some uh you know snippets of a bunch of songs sounds like you've spread out the catalog particularly mostly through the first four albums but are you guys going deep on on later albums you're going deep cuts without again mentioning the names can you confirm yeah um so yeah I'm, well i think uh, so um perhaps this is too much of a reveal even for my taste but everything that's in this the sampler that uh, hopefully you guys will play after here um uh we'll play everything that's on that so um for sure and we are um and it does we we're definitely trying to get a good cross section we are playing some stuff from war paint and from um from before the frost uh, what about by your side uh, i don't remember top of my uh, head. I'm gonna, listen if you do a whole by your side album cover i will be wherever you're playing <laughs> i'm gonna show up yeah I'm, you know i i don't uh, i think we might yeah we i think we are gonna do at least one track from by your side if memory yeah now that i'm thinking about I it mean, by your side yeah. would be great virtue and vice you could do but by your side seems like that would be kind of a yeah, I, yeah, I think I think that might be the, that might be the one. I, I I have to check, but I'm pretty sure we're we're doing something from that. We can record. change it up and do if it ever stops raining. That's yeah, I, you know, I, I do <laughs> occasionally. Go. I think about that sometimes about you know, some like working titles, you know, early versions of stuff. Yeah, that that would be kind of a fun thing to do. I waver on some of those original tracks on what versions I like better: the ones that actually became on the albums or the ones that were on the unreleased album. 
yeah i um yeah some of them are some of the early versions are pretty cool you know i i definitely go bout an urgency over lowdown myself but yeah. uh but yeah but no there are definitely some of those earlier and i think words you throw away is just as thinking off the top of my head of another example like that i think that's kind of stands on its own even though it does sort of have the remedy riff in it i feel like that tunes its own tune what about the descending with like the french horn or the horn in it <laughs> uh, it's not so much the horn but i really do like and i really do like the 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 backups um you know there are no backups in the more version right, and right. um and we actually incorporated those into uh in the in americans we had the girls singing those parts yeah. along with which i thought was really cool um you know i, I remember uh, the first when I, it was at my audition i was singing that and those and they started singing those things and i was like what version am i not aware of that where that happens <laughs> i was like what are they because like it was like a lot of words i couldn't quite make them out we were in this basement it was really it was before we started rehearsing at gleason's house and like it was just really hard to hear anything in there it was so like you had to rehearse like your tryout yeah. was with descending as one of the songs oh yeah i actually wow. have a i have a oh yeah oh no it was yeah it, it, um i going right after you right away man I mean, you know, as it should be, you know, I mean, for sure. I mean, I, I had the benefit of actually having seen the band a couple of times before the uh, audition happened. And, um, you know, by the time I saw them the second time, I pretty much, you know, I'd seen this. I got the set list off of their Facebook page or whatever. And I was like, anything you played that night is fine. Like, if you want to run it, <laughs> like, that's fine, you know. So, yeah, descending. Uh, yeah. Morning song. I mean, all everything, you know, all, you know, lots of lots of things. When uh, when the Crows played If It Ever Stops Raining during the Further Festival, I, I, I know like the, the chorus obviously was different. I can't remember if the verses were the same or if he changed anything. <clears throat> it's a bit of a hodgepodge. Like there's definitely at least in the versions that I've heard, there's there's like some lyrics survived in the verses and um, and some did not. So. At least that's my recollection of it. So killer. I think they the album choice is still the best choice. So actually on the buyer side. Yeah. Mm. Um, oh, I, all I together, just... all together, the whole thing, kit and caboodle. I think it's better. Lyrics, song choice. Mm. Oh, you're going again. Brian, oh, no, no, I'm uh, not. No, not at all. No, I, I'm trying to. Uh, I don't I don't. Rem you know, this is like one of those things where. I don't I, I don't have uh, this particular sort of point of comparison in in my like in cash in my brain, you, mean, you know, like you're not <laughs> constantly spinning Black Crow songs and deep cuts and unreleased versions in your head at all. I time. am actually, but just not that particular record all uh -huh. the time. And it's not that I don't like it. Um, I, I, I like it a lot. Didn't Paint and Eight come out of those sessions? Wasn't that like it wasn't Paint and Eight a, a band session? A band session? Yeah. Too? Yeah. I yeah. So, I mean, yeah. That's yeah. yeah. That's one of my favorite groups. I saw him play that at Further Fest at, in Somerset, wow. Wisconsin. Nice. I I, I knew that song before the Lost Crows came out because I, I happened to catch it so many times. Like I caught it enough live that I was like, I knew the tune. You know, it was mm. funny. I didn't know Tied Up and Swallowed, although I know from look now in hindsight, looking over set lists at shows, I know I was at. I know I got it, but I didn't know it. I learned a lot about the Black Crows after joining Americans. It was, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, even I mean, though I've been to Steve 60 Gleason. shows. Yeah, well, well, right. He's the, he's the he's man. He's a historic, like, the dude yeah. has an encyclopedia, encyclopedia, encyclopedic knowledge of Black Crows shows and songs. Yeah, it's it's kind of insane. Um, Gleason can, like, 
quote set list like chapter and verse in the bible he's the rain it, it, man yeah. black crows fan like you know <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> throw these numbers together hey steve what was the set list in 1997 at Secaucus, new jersey and he'll be like hey there's a and like oh yeah that was a weird one they opened up with ballad and urgency and whatever you know like he'll totally just like <laughs> yeah, yeah with this variation on it i'm like you right. know what he could be lying to us, but he says it with such conviction and confidence that you're like, you just accept it. I don't, yeah, he's, I've never double checked him. Here's the thing, though. He's not. I know he's not. I know he's not. <laughs> he's not lying. But he it's, could be, and you would never know just because you're like, oh, yeah, like, dude, sounds like he knows what he's saying. It's true. No, no, he definitely, he could definitely sell it if he wanted to. Um, he, uh, I remember, you know, after like second or third time, I sort of heard him you know, even when he was like just overhearing him to having a side conversation with somebody talking about a set list of a show and like with the date and the location and like, you know, what they, you know, what was unusual or what was sort of special about the show. I was like, man, that like, it's all just in there. And he's like, I wish this was a skill I could monetize, <laughs> you know, it was like, <laughs> which was pretty funny. So I, uh, I haven't listened to the episode that Gleason was on uh, that was great. State of America with talking about Further Fest. Well, do you Seth have a favorite Further Fest show or one you went to? Or you know, I I was never um I I very rarely saw the Crows on festival shows because I'm not a huge festival goer. I mean, I you know yeah. I, I um I, I like a double bill. I always went to see those. Like I saw them in Lenny Kravitz. I saw them at the Oasis. I yeah. saw them. You know, I yeah. went to all those. But um, but like. But, to, you know, I I just I don't want to go see the Black Crows for a half hour or 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. I want to see the Black Crows for two and a half hours, you yeah. know, like yeah. so, um, you know, now obviously it would depend on the bill. Right. And I, you know, I, I, I certainly would do it. But so I, I didn't I didn't go to further, actually. Um, and there was, you know, it was for whatever reason I, I, I didn't go to further. But I did very much enjoy that episode of um, of the state of America, uh, the season, right. the last one that was excellent. And uh, Steve's right on the you money. You were on it. That's right. That's right. And, yes. And yeah. I'm, I'm disappointed in you. And I have to I have to get this across is like you didn't come to us and ask us and tell us about oh. this stuff. Oh, I, I apologize. Oh, you know, I, you know, I don't like to put you guys out, I, but I, I no. will certainly. I, you hey. went on a black crow centric podcast, which makes sense. We're yeah. That, yeah. Chill for you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I really appreciate that very much, actually. And uh, no, it's great. Um, and by the way, I wanted to say great job with the Aaron Coburn interview, man. That was really great. And um, I'm so glad that happened. That was that got put together. She's so fun. Oh, man. You know, and like, that happened because of you, by the way. And again, this is yes, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Uh, yeah. No, you're very welcome. No, real. No. As soon as I saw her and I well, especially so it was the sound guy at the porch, this guy Heinrich, who's fantastic. He really that's not an easy room to mix. It's like a bit, it's like, it's like a big kind of cavernous space. It's, um, uh, you know, like really like probably like 40 foot ceilings. And, you know, it's, uh, it's a fantastic restaurant, with like really, really good barbecue and like Southern, um, Southern fair. Uh, but, uh, he's from, he's from, uh, from, I guess the Cleveland area. And, uh, he, he actually got her there. He was like, I, I just happened to go go see. I, I it was a complete happenstance that I was yeah, there tell, that how night. Did, yeah, yeah. Tell us how you like found out about. I, it. I didn't go to see the headliner, right? So I went. So there's this. Um, there's another band. Uh, that's a, a local, a Boston area band called Twenty One Grams More. Uh, and they just actually got nominated for. Um, I can't remember which local Boston awards. Uh, it was this just just happened in the last week or so. They got nominated for uh, a best blues act. Um, they're really good. And, um, yeah, 21 grams more Um, the, um, uh, Kamal, the, uh, the, the lead singer, the front man of that band, uh, he, uh, he was, he had been trying to put together a double bill with the Morgans for a long time. Like we were trying to, he was just trying to work it out 
so that he really wanted to open up for us, like, <laughs> which was very cool. And he's a really he's a sweet guy, you know, very professional. And, uh, and I just, I, um, you know, I saw, I heard their music and I was like, okay, you know, we, I, we were certainly happy to do it. Um, you know, he's sort of like in the South Shore area and Morgan's is headquartered more in like North of Boston, Southern New Hampshire. So it was good, you know, good for us to kind of spread it around a little bit too. And uh, it just never actually, it just never happened. And then his, his band was playing at the porch that night. Uh, a couple months ago uh, and uh, it just so happened that that was the night that Heinrich had booked um, uh, Aaron Coburn and uh, I was blown away like I was going to leave and then and Heinrich's like you know obviously I know them I mean I've gigged there a lot both with the Morgans and outside of it and I you know there's no bad music going on at the porch just doesn't you know they only hire like the best locals and they get some good smaller national accent and uh he's like you definitely don't want to leave he's like you should definitely say she's like you got to check this chick out she's really something i was like all right i'll at least give her a couple tunes i stayed the whole night <laughs> it was amazing like just uh, her, her energy the songs like she just left it on the field you know, man like I mean, she sings and plays and oh she shreds and she's, she, and she's, she's energetic screamed. to talk to too man she's yeah, just she's like great it, she jumped right out of the speakers, man. It was like listening to that podcast. It was it was really good. She's a fantastic she's one of guest. Those, yeah, she's one of those interviews where when, when you're doing the chat right before you start recording, like as soon as they start talking, you're like, oh, this is actually this is going to be good because you can feel the energy, enthusiasm, and even like the professionalism. See, being 21, like she's done this a lot. Like it's just like you knew, right, Brian? Like we knew, like this yeah. is going to be a good interview. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, and she's like a grizzled vet, right? I mean, she's been yeah, doing she's right. like 11 or 12 or something, yeah. right? So it's unbelievable. You know, her mom, I met her mom, and that's actually who I wind up giving. Um, she's the bus driver. The mom's the bus driver. She, she's the manager. You know, I was just like, and I loved that. I was like, you know, this is like, you know, a, a young lady could get in, you know, could get in some, some trouble out there, you know, on the on the highways and byways. And uh, I just thought that was so great that her mom was there with her and totally supportive of her and like helped keep her grounded. Because I think, you know stuff's gonna happen for her it's only a matter of time i think oh definitely i mean she's she's got a shot right now i'm going to see her in dayton on november 3rd or 4th with scotty bratcher who we've had on before he's just a virtuoso and guitar singer and it's going to be a hell of a show with those two playing at the same time so seth uh, another crow's question when's the last time you saw the crows uh, in their lineup now I'm so glad you asked because I was trying to figure out how am I going to work this in? Uh, (laughs) So I very last minute went to Red Rocks. Um, It was like I did not even have any plan to do that uh, less than 24 hours before the show. And um, I started getting I got some texts. I got uh, all, you know, the night before I got some like maybe around four or five o'clock Eastern time. I started getting some texts from Rex Cunningham and from Mo Young. And they're like, where are you? Why aren't you here? (laughs) And I had no legitimate response for that. I, I was like, I was like, you know, I really, there's no, there's no reason I sh- I couldn't go to this. It was like the last week of August. It was very quiet at work. I was like, I was actually thinking about going up to Montreal to see Lucky Doley because he happened to be playing. I was going to drive up, but it was going to kill two days driving up and back. And uh, mm-hmm. it just got to be, it was just too difficult, but getting on an airplane to Denver and back was not such a, that wasn't so bad, you know? And, uh, and I, I just looked at flights. They weren't too bad. I had enough points to get a free room. And Rex was like, we'll pick you up at the airport. I was like, it was just like an hour away. That's not around the corner, you know? And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 
I was like, I'm in. And then Rex hooks us up with front row seats, you know? So it's wow. like, of course yeah, he does. Uh, yeah. Course he does. Oh man. That guy's the best. He's he so, is. yeah, he's really, like, what a, what a life that guy's living. And, um, it's always nice to see Mo again. She's a sweetheart. Oh, the best. She's the best. Yeah, totally. No, that it was a really good show. It was not a shake your moneymaker show. Um, they played licking of all things. I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I so like, when they played licking, did they do that actual, like that false start, that little, weird lick at the beginning like well you mean with like the toggle thing that rich is doing yeah I mean, that's yeah, yeah oh yeah i mean that's the intro yeah for sure yeah absolutely okay. yeah you might be thinking of midnight from the inside out no that's no I'm thinking the, too, yeah. like the not the, not the false star i meant the, the weird hiccupy lick oh yeah but that's like the way he plays it through the whole tune like he's you know it's he's got it's got to be the volume is just dimed and he's just you know he's just uh it's just pickup toggle you know yeah. that he's playing yeah and it's just uh yeah it's a really cool sounding thing i always like that tune the lyric the like lyrics are what's that i like the album yeah well lines is actually yeah other than i was on mama it's like it's really <laughs> pretty good that, that's just that... greasy grass river is a little iffy too mm, i don't I know about like that greasy no grass river. greasy grass river is yeah. cool man yeah. especially the live with you know the big sort of carousel opening and like no i don't know man that that that's a good tune i mean the lyrics on lions on most uh, buyer side and lions they're worse, are, they're, worse they're, they're just they're kind of i wouldn't they're, they're like mailed in you know that i yeah. you could sort of file that under victim of your own success you know, I mean, those first four records are like legit poetry. You know, I mean, it's, they're the lyrics are so good on the first four records. Um, and then, you know, it, you could just sort of tell it was just a little forced. Um, and uh, and Chris didn't it just didn't seem like Chris had a lot of patience to like craft those lyrics because, you know, it was a weird moment for the band uh, in both cases, really. Um, and obviously a lot of other stuff going on. I actually saw the very first night of the Lions tour. I happened to be in Las Vegas um, for a trade show. And then I just stayed a couple extra days and I was staying at the hard rock, which is where the show was. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and the album wasn't even out yet. So I got to hear all those songs for the very first time at that show. <laughs> um, and they definitely played Lickin' and Midnight from the Inside Out. And it was, uh, it was good. It was good. I ran into Oddly Freed in the casino floor. It was very, it was, what? yeah, it was crazy. It was Man, the least cool I'm moment of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you're only free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. It was it was a learning experience. I've uh, yeah learned it. <laughs> I, I found it's much easier to talk to people on this podcast on a camera than it is when you talk to them in person. Oh sure. Well, especially like in a public place when you know they're just trying to kind of hang out or whatever. You know, it's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. I, it's not something I. And this is long. This is what this is two thousand one, right? It's a long time ago already. So, um, so we were just chatting on the on the, our little chat group that we have about uh, Charlie's little three or four shows that he did. And uh, what's your take on that, Seth? I mean, everything I heard sounded awesome. I mean, <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. You know, I don't like to. Uh, you know, I, I will say the one thing about uh, the Red Rock show was that you know Joel Robinow is not in the band anymore, which is really unfortunate. I thought I thought that guy was the best addition. He's the most enthusiastic too. Well, all he was. Guys. I think he's he's the one that really got the vibe of those tunes. You know, I, and he really, I really enjoyed. I mean, I was listening very closely. I've only seen this incarnation of the Crows twice now. I saw them in Guilford very early in the MoneyMaker tour. And then this show, which was really like a legit Black Crow show, you know, it was like, you know, yeah. a lot of, you know, a good diverse set from all, lots of records. And um, uh, 
I thought Robinow, I was really listening to him. And, you know, that's 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 a tough spot to fill. I mean, you know, Matt Slocum did a great mm-hmm. job with Magpie doing all that stuff. And, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, the 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 initial replacement for well, uh, you're only you're, yeah, listen, yeah. I'm going to say yeah. it. I'm going to yeah. say it. You, it's no place to go but up from. From, from, from uh, McDougal, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he just, yeah, that was that just didn't it just didn't really fit. But that's, I thought Robinow was really, really Go good. Yeah, I thought he, he I thought he was fantastic, and I, I especially like you know he was doing, he did some, he did the things that sort of like made the most sense to keep faithful. He did them faithfully, like Wiser yeah. and obviously descending. I mean, he really he clearly shedded that. That no is a space fart sound effects on anything, which was I appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> now. What do you have against what do you against uh, have against a Moog synthesizer? There's, no, there's nothing wrong with a Moog synthesizer. Yeah, there's a time and place for space farts and songs and not you, already established Black Crows songs. That's you got to make like, it a treat, you know, like I, yeah, now, yeah, yeah. And let me balance this out. Let me say something nice about Adam McDougal. When he was with the Chris Robinson Brotherhood and the Circles Around the Sun, that's fine for what he does for all that. And like you can get experimental and make those weird noises. Just, I did not like some of the freedom to operate he was given on the crow stuff yeah it i mean it's it's a fine line right between i mean you never really want to at that level you know you don't want to tell a guy play exactly this or play exactly that you want to let him be him you right say no and space parts though you you could say no space parts but yeah <laughs> <laughs> apparently <laughs> listen you 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 know you know how that you know how the dynamics in that band work <laughs> you know i'm sure that you know saying anything was like you know like yeah, i'm sure there were fights about it i'm sure there were many fights Rich that weren't picked no about it you know farts, and chris yeah. said i want space farts and then that's <laughs> it's kind of the end kind of the end of it right yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah probably something like that I especially really liked what Joel did on um, on No Speak No Slave. It was very different than what Eddie used to do, which was also obviously. I mean, Eddie used to play this like super percussive, really funky. It was almost playing that B three like a clav, where he's like filling in all the backbeats. And uh, and Robinow played this really cool, very simple, tasteful quarter note thing on uh, on acoustic piano during the you know during the big guitar riff you know like big tarves like and he was just going bling 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 and it sounded really really tasteful it was just like it was in time it like it you know it it, kind of you know gave it kind of a a swampier vibe and it was like i hadn't seen anybody else kind of do that i thought that was really cool he kind of like found a part for himself there that was different um you know I think with the guitar players, you know, getting back to kind of your original uh, can of worms you're opening over there, Brian. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that job is the hardest job of all, you know, because yeah. so many people have had that job and there's almost nothing you could do at this point that w- could like kind of be your own thing and still be musical. Right. Like, I feel yeah. like, yeah you know, you don't want to be the guy who's just doing a Mark Ford impression. If you're actually in the black crows, you know, like, like if you're, if you're in a Morgan's, that's great. Do that, do that all day, every day, twice on Sunday. Right. But like, if you're in the black crows, you don't really want to be doing that. Same thing with Luther and who the hell's going to even do that anyway. Right. Like who plays like Luther. Luther. Yeah. Like nobody. Right. That's he's Luther. Luther. Right. You know? Um, so I think it's, it's really difficult for anybody to step into that at this point with so many guys that have had the gig and to do something that's not, um, you know, that's still actually musical. That is not, um, 
that's also has a personality. I think that doesn't sound like something somebody else already did. I think that's really hard. Mm-hmm. You know, good point. Yeah, I thought Charlie nailed the tone, the guitar tone, like the oh, Charlie Ford. Dude, Charlie nailed all of it. I mean, like, yeah. he, you know, and he, you know, absolutely. I mean, but you know, but Charlie has a gig, so I don't think. I know, right, right. <laughs> yeah, Charlie's busy. You <laughs> so. know, and the sad part is for me is like I I wouldn't want Blackberry Smoke to be heard at this point, even though the Black Crows are my favorite band of all time. I I like what Blackberry Smoke is doing, and glad he's doing it, even though yeah. he would take the Crows back to the stratosphere. I think it's just. Let, you know, let Blackberry smoke shine. Whether that, well, for 100%. And also, if, you know, if the Black Crows are going to, like, do anything beyond the kind of thing they've been doing for the last two years, you know, if they're going to actually try and kind of reclaim a, and not just be like a nostalgia act, you know, right. I mean, I, I don't, right. I, that sounds like harsher than I mean it, but it, I mean, you know, those two guys write a lot of music all yep. the time like it would be really nice to hear some of it you know i i was very much enjoying the magpie um you know those two records were fantastic i really Absolutely. liked them um you know i wasn't really so much into the crb i i tried mm-hmm. i i thought the last album was actually that was like the one that actually kind of hit me a little bit um and it was uh you didn't like the first one um well the new earth mud uh record i i kind of dug but the crb the first yeah i I just i couldn't really get into the crb i i tried i really did but i just couldn't it just wasn't i don't know it's very hard to articulate why i just it just didn't hit me yeah Um, i'm with you on that too as well i liked uh leave my guitar alone but besides that yeah sunday sound is cool you know i mean there's there's a couple tunes but like i i just I don't think I could really sing you a chorus to like any of those records, to any song on any of those records. And that's, that's, I mean, that's just, I mean, listen, there's no right or wrong. Any of this is just what you of like course. or don't like, you know, it's but subjective. yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it's the most subjective thing ever. I just, did you guys see him live ever? I never saw CRB. I never did. I saw him a handful of times and my biggest beef with that band, particularly live was each song was pretty much the same tempo as the last so you have three hours of feels like one song. Yeah, I mean that's that doesn't shock me, you know. I mean, I, I mean you had to really, I, you know, I, I it's just funny. Like I'm not, I'm somebody when it comes to genre, right? Like I don't, I don't like to paint with a broad brush, you know. I, I like to, you know, I, I like, I feel like all music ultimately kind of breaks down to the same thing. Like eighty percent of it's crap, you know, like you know, we're 85% of it's crap, 10% of it's okay. And 5% of it's great, you know, and I don't think it really matters, you know, what particular bucket you're, you're thrown in. There are certain, there are some things like that whole cookie monster thing. Like, I don't get it, but I'm not going to say, you know, like, I, 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 yeah, like, I don't, like, I don't connect with it. I don't, I don't understand it. Like I, I fully admit that I'm just ignorant and you know, whatever. I just don't, under, I don't get it. Like, I don't, if there's a melody in there, I, I don't hear it, you know, like, I don't, I don't know, but, um, <laughs> But like, you know, but, you know, but like, I feel the exact same way about hip hop as I do about blues or jazz or, you know, or funk or rock or whatever. And like, um, you know, classical even, right? I mean, I just, you know, like what, what actually moves you, right? But, right. you know, yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, yeah, the CRB just, it, for whatever reason, it just didn't, it didn't quite hit me. And I think, and what I was getting at was like jam bands is kind of where I was thinking about heading with all that, right? So, 
you know, like I love Medeski Martin and Wood and Lettuce, you know, like those are, those are like, I guess you'd have to call those jam bands, right? Like, you know, those, mm-hmm. that's what they are. But like, I, you know, I, there's a whole bunch of jam bands that I could, you know, like I, I couldn't, if you put me at Oysterhead for more than 10 minutes, I think I'd eat a gun, you know, like I just, I could, I could, I could not, I can't, that's, and I like those guys for the right. most part, you know, right. like I certainly, Stuart Copeland, I'm a huge police fan. I love Stuart Copeland, right? You know, but like I, those three guys, it just, I don't know. Like, I think it was that kind of thing with CRB was like, you know, like a lot, just like a lot of, it just felt, felt like me, like a lot of really long solos that weren't a really- lot of spinning in circles, banging a drum. Yeah. And- I think, yeah, I think that was yeah. uh, Chris wanting to be the Grateful Dead really bad and not quite. Clearly. Good. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll take the Grateful Dead over any jam band any day of the week. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's they're right. I mean, they're kind of like the original, right? I mean, yeah. But, you know, but, the, you know, what I learned about the Grateful Dead and like quite recently, really in the last, like in the la- less than the last 10 years, because I like actively disliked the Grateful Dead for most of my life, um, mostly because I had a, I was in a band in college with a guy who was a huge deadhead and fishhead, and he just kind of like tried to shove it down my throat, and I was like, "Fuck that," you know. <laughs> like I was really just, you know, don't you want to get somebody into a band? Like, don't play them the twenty-minute version of Dark Star. I can't like, get into fish yeah. at all, though. Fish is just first couple records uh, groove pretty hard, and they're pretty good. Um, but like, that's not my brand of, that's not my brand of jamming and no disrespect. I, I, I play regularly with guys who are huge fish heads, like, and you know, and I'm not crapping on it, you know, it's just not for me. Trey, Trey's a good guitar player and stuff, but man, I just don't dig the fish what fish is doing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I haven't really listened to them in a long time. Um, but you know, other than like the occasional clip that I wind up getting a piece of or whatever, but, uh, Brian. So, yeah. So now besides the show in Atlanta, yeah. um what what else you guys got on on tap after that so i'm trying i'm working on a i'm working on a new england area show right now i'm gonna pr- probably do a double bill uh with it with another band who i think would be perfect for it my vision for this thing ultimately is for it to be a quartet with a percussionist that sings also uh so um you know like you know you know trent me uh hopefully always tom right the multi-instrumentalist who can play everything but you know tom Tom's busy guy. So like, you know, there might, it could be somebody else depending on where, when, whatever. But, uh, but I'd really like to have a percussionist that sings um, in this thing. Cause I think we could play almost anything if we had that. Seth, did I hear when I was listening to the state of Morka, is that Tom, does he play in a different band than one with one, a member of extreme? Yes. He plays with actually two members of extreme. Um, so he's in a tribute band uh, called the dark desert Eagles. Uh, three guesses what the tribute band are. <laughs> yeah they I, you know i gotta tell you i'm not really a big eagles fan but i've yeah. seen them a couple times now like they're kind of making eagles fans out of me you know like uh they great musicians in the, the eagles well oh for sure and the vote you know the thing gleason always busts my balls about when we talk about the eagles like and he just can't accept that i don't like i think the eagles are overrated he can't accept that he's like you're a singer what's wrong with you i'm like i'm like i just you know eh. you know, um I, uh, those guys, um, they, they definitely veer, you know, the set list is very carefully curated and they also play a bunch of Joe Walsh stuff, like solo Joe Ooh, Walsh, awesome. like Funk 49, Rocky yeah. Mountain Way, uh, you know, uh, you know, and they, they pick cool tune, you know, like they do those shoes which and they crush it. It's so funky. Who, who from Extreme? Uh, Pat Badger. And, uh, I feel really badly that I, I this is, I should know this, but I, I don't know the drummer's name. I apologize. I feel really bad. I don't know. Kevin, um, Kevin Figueroa or something. That like sounds, that. I think that sounds right. Yes. And I, and, and so sorry. 
uh, <laughs> if he hears this. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel badly. No, I mean, I, I, I like, I'm a very casual extreme fan. I definitely, okay. you know, dig him. I, you know, but uh, I just, I just don't know. Um, I just don't know everybody in the band. That's I mean, pretty I, badass, you know. Oh I yeah. Know. Yeah, the I band's love the great. Since their first album, that would just Nuno Betancourt is always just one of the yeah. I, I'm I'm usually not much for shredders, but he's like he's the one exception. Shredding. Yeah, exactly. I was literally about to say that, Jason. That's exactly right. No, he's he he does shred, but it's so tasteful. You know, it's like it's yeah, funky. Like he's got that. That it grooves jazzy yeah it grooves it grooves hard yeah like um uh rest in peace you know oh. like that that tune that tune like it's it's hard but it really grooves and that solo especially grooves you know it's um it's killer no uh, yeah it's killer uh so yeah that band's fun you know they uh they have like a whole stage thing like when they played a bigger venue um they have like a there's like a there's like a chevy on stage like it's like a whole thing it's really it's wow. pretty funny it's very kitschy it's like you know you you have not only does the music kill but like it's funny like there's a whole there's like a whole shtick that goes along with it and it's very entertaining um you know which it's you know it's not it, it's not the kind of thing i would even that i would have thought i would like you know but I, it is it's really good um and yeah i was kind of found myself you know very pleasantly surprised to kind of dig all of it not in spite of it, because but because of it, you know, it's good. Well, getting back to your new venture, which is what you're here for. I know we all love talking music with you. For the for the casual or the non-Black Crows fan, how did you come up with this band name? Oh, right. So yeah, for those that are not in the know, so uh, so uh, so Chris and Rich uh, during I think. I don't know if it was the first or the second hiatus. I guess it was the second hiatus, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. track after a while. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, there's been a mini hiatus, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, the I think hiatus is a hiatus. A hiatus. It is now. <laughs> then hiatus is equals a hiatus. Uh, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> not to be confused with hentai. Just something completely different. No, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> please do not. Google. <laughs> don't Google that. It's a family-friendly show. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was uh, what was like around 2000 was it 2002 or thereabouts I think when yeah. they did that but Chris uh, and Rich record. yeah the live at the Roxy yeah mm -hmm. yeah uh, so Chris and Rich Robinson um, uh, played a very limited number of shows just as an acoustic duo uh, mostly with I, I think Chris actually did play a little bit of guitar on that right but mostly he's playing mm -hmm. harmonica yeah. and singing yep. and Rich is um, you know playing guitar and singing and it's they called it brothers of a brothers of a feather and it was great and they actually reprised that uh, right before COVID as they, you know, they had announced that uh, the Black Crows were getting back together. And then they, in order to, you know, they played those two shows, one at, um, uh, one in New York. At, uh, San Francisco, right? The other well, uh, no LA uh, at the Troubadour. Right. Uh, but I don't remember the, I can't remember the venue at, uh, in New York, it, you know, very famous place, um, but uh, it's spacing out. Um, but at any rate, um, Bowery Ballroom, maybe? I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Um, and uh and so they and they did a so they did a short tour uh, in fact i caught it uh it was at brighton music hall here in boston which is a fantastic place also the same place i saw trigger hippie very you know like a few months prior that was the first time we met gorman um uh but uh yeah so brothers of a feather is basically chris and rich doing uh crow songs acoustic uh and you know a couple covers and so uh i was like oh well we can be brothers from another mother of a feather <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> despite the fact that it is a bit of a mouthful it did it, it um it definitely looks it looks cool on a poster you know <laughs> but <laughs> you know, we kind of like wedge in the 
Well, you'll see it. So if you go to Instagram, uh, if people want to check it out, uh, we have an Instagram account. It's uh, B-F-A-M-O-A-F. You know, B-F-A-M-O-A-F is how I kind of remembered in my head. Brothers from another mother of a feather. And uh, yeah, we get get a few followers on there. Got a couple of video clips up there. Going to be throwing some more up there in the next few days. Probably, hopefully, by the time this airs, there'll be some more stuff up there. And um, yeah, anybody who's around uh, in and around the Atlanta area, please do come through. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we're gonna play a lot of songs. We're definitely gonna play all the hits, you know, for anybody who's like all the hits. <laughs> yeah, we will be playing. Yeah. The cool thing about being in a Black Crows tribute thing is that there aren't that many. Is so you don't, you know, if you're playing a two-hour set, you know, you're only chewing up 45 well, minutes with the hits. So there which aren't is, that many outside of the Black Crows fans. Right. I mean, real, real hits. Like, yeah. I mean, there's I mean, there's the the ones from Moneymaker that everybody knows, right? Angels, yep. uh, jealous, um. Uh, twice as hard right uh you know i think a lot of people also know seeing things it seems like that's a tune that people know mm-hmm. um I, I don't know if it was got a lot of airplay at the time um but it seems, certainly seems like a tune that people know uh and then remedy for sure um and um i don't know what else on uh what else on southern harmony actually was like i guess sting me was a single right so sting me yeah sometimes salvation right salvation well that did, yeah right Sorry. Yeah, well, yeah, Thorn. I guess Thorn was a single, right? Yeah, um, yeah. To me, it's 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 it stuns me that Thorn isn't the biggest Black Rose hit of them all. Like, that's like that is a song that I never get tired of listening to. It's a song I w- I will definitely never tire of singing. Um, it is just a perfect song to me. I just I I never. There's very few songs you could say that about, right? That you you know. You know, I think Dean Del Rey was uh, when he was on State of America. It's like with Desert Island Disc, he's like, no disc, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at whatever it is. If I'm exactly. Oh, he had a very legitimate point. point. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. But all right, uh, Seth, man, yeah, thank for you for me. being on, and uh, we'll look forward to that show and many more. And like you said, uh, the can you uh, give us the social media? to go to yeah right now uh instagram uh so it'll you know it's uh, at b-f-a-m-o-a-f uh is uh, where to find us there and uh in the show saturday october 8th in atlanta or where in coming georgia at rosati's uh it's a, like about not about 40 minutes north of atlanta and it's in a um you know it's a pretty good that there's a bunch of like nice suburbs up that way um it's actually like two or three towns over from marietta where the robinsons grew up it's really close yeah so um there's you know there's you know there's definitely some hometown fans um up that way cool all right so for listeners that's seth miller from brothers of another mother of a feather black crows acoustic tribute go and check them out and uh follow them on instagram and uh go to the shows when they when they're uh having them so thank you seth thanks so much you guys i really appreciate it Thank you to our buddy Seth Miller for joining us and uh, having a very long and entertaining uh, conversation packed with a lot of Black Crows, uh, you know, chat and facts and and whatever else we talked about because that yeah, happened a nights ago. <laughs> he's a man. He's a good talent. Like he's got a great voice, and particularly when they do um she talks to angels like he completely nails that and there's he's got i mean again such a great voice i love that he's doing crows inspired stuff and he is a super interesting guy i got to go record shopping with him brian when we were all in nashville last spring for that trigger hippie show Mm -hmm. Uh, seth my wife and i got in the car we headed to a 
record store slash bar met up with like David and a couple other people Gleason that we're with and we got to look through records and chat a little bit he is in uh just a cool dude I love hanging out with him do you, what, like so what were do you, do you remember what you guys bought or what you browsed through or what caught your interest what caught his interest um I don't remember if he bought something or not I mean everybody was pretty much flying while I was driving I didn't buy anything but I had uh I found the Georgia Thunderbolts album, Jack's Hollows album, the Dead Dead's recent album. Like a lot of the people that we've had on, I was able to find uh, in this record store slash bar. And it was really cool. And we just, you know, perused through everything, chatted and had a, had a good time. Hey, and you, you know, as we're, long, as we're talking about vinyl here, you posted about the 30th anniversary of Alice in Chains' Dirt. Oh, yeah. Today, September 29th, the 30th anniversary of Dirt, by, which is a great, great record. You've got tracks like Rooster, Wood, Down in a Hole, Angry Chair. It is a, a damn that river. I'm Actually, I listened to it a couple times today, Brian. Are you, are you a fan? Oh, for sure. That's one of the epic, uh, epic masterpieces. Well, yesterday, so Barnes & Noble is pretty much the best place, honestly, here to go to find, to get music. I mean, there, I know there's a couple other mom and pop kind of smaller things, but Barnes and Noble is so close to where I live that, uh, so I went in there yesterday because I'm kind of like, I'm, you know, I'm being more open-minded to the authentic country stuff. So uh, I got Waylon Jennings and Merle Haggard, uh, Ooh, greatest hits. Um, Waylon Jennings is in the car. Uh, his music's in the car, not his corpse. Um, well, uh, in one of our future podcasts, so we're, we talk Shooter Jennings with a really great rock and southern rock guest mm -hmm. um so as i was uh browsing through i saw allison Chains dirt and metallica master and puppets on vinyl and i'm like two epic masterpieces and they were right next to each other so i didn't buy them but i'm gonna go back in there and pick them up i'm sh i you know what i would be shocked if there's not a 30th anniversary deluxe edition of dirt available and i, I should look for that yeah with other tracks and whatnot so all right well you know what we're getting closer to game time so uh you guys, uh, who day, yeah. And uh, thanks to Seth again. Uh, if, if you're in Atlanta, you will uh, hear where that, or you already heard where the show is going on. So go out and check out those guys. And until then, always remember Southern Rock is reverent, blues is blood. We'll see you next time.
What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.